0: So what are you waiting for? Let's get Ready to Thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. Now, hands down, this was one of my favorite conversations to have. I was so honored to sit down with Francine Rivers. And if you know Francine Rivers, you love her and you have read everything she has ever written, she truly is uh, an iconic writer telling these stories, um, stories of God's redemption, his love for us, these stories that really are accessible to our lives today and the things we go through. Um, They are page turners. And the first book she wrote after coming to faith uh, is this book, Redeeming Love. She was an author before And this book released 30 years ago. And I love uh, that God continues to share this message of his redeeming love, his love story, the love he has for each of us through this beautiful book. And now it has been made into a movie. And if this is the first time you are hearing this news and you are a fan of Francine Rivers and the book Redeeming Love, I know you are excited. Um, It hits theaters January 21st. And I'm going to say, if you were listening to this podcast before then, make a plan to get to the theater and make a plan to um, invite your friends. This is such a well-done film that um, there are going to be some hard scenes in the film. If you are familiar with the story, um, it is an allegory from the story of um, Hosea in the Bible, which is a love story um, really about a man pursuing this woman who has been in prostitution. So there are going to be hard things in the story. Um, But what I love about it is that we have each walked through hard things in our own story. It may not look exactly like this um, in the book, but God has pursued us in the same way we see played out in this book, in this movie. We see it played out in the book of Hosea. We see it played out really throughout all of scripture and right in our very own lives that God is endlessly pursuing us with his love and redeeming um any of our past mistakes sin shame and so this is just a beautiful invitation to show this expression of God's love and I'm honored to share this conversation I had with Francine Rivers um about redeeming love. If you are not familiar with her, she is a New York Times bestselling author. Um, she has been writing uh, for a long time and I hope you pick up her book. Give away a few copies to friends. It is a very, it's a thick book. Don't be intimidated by it because once you sit down and start to read it, it is a page turner. Um, and then check out the movie January 1st, or sorry, January 21st, Redeeming Love, the Movie. I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am incredibly honored to be sitting here with the one and only Francine Rivers. And if you're not familiar with Francine, she is a New York Times bestselling author and she is well known for her book. As you can see behind me if you're watching this or um, just listening, it is Redeeming Love. And I was over the moon when I heard that Redeeming Love, one of my top five books, maybe my favorite book, aside from the Bible, um, was being made into a film. And so I'm, I'm honored, Francine, thank you so much for joining me today on Ready to Thrive.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: Now, um, I'd love just to know a little bit about you and your story and kind of take me back a little bit pre-Redeeming Love. Tell me a little bit about your life.
1: Well, pre-redeeming love, I was writing uh, steamy historical mar- steamy historical romances in the general market. And um, I married my very, very good friend from high school and actually grade school. We've known each other since fifth grade. Rick and I have been married now 52 years. Uh, but we were struggling in our marriage. Every marriage goes through struggling times. Sorry, that's the timer yeah. for his medication. Um Anyway, uh, so we were were struggling. We moved up to Northern California and Rick had started a family business, Rivers Aviation Services. And we had been in churches, but they weren't teaching the gospel. So we kind of left church and a little boy from next door came over and wanted to help us move in. And he said, have I got a church for you? So a few weeks later, I thought "I'm, I'm ready to try anything, even go to church again. And this one basically taught you know, expository method where they were taking the scriptures and just going straight through a book and talking about the historical aspects, what the scriptures say, and what it has to do with us today. And I just felt like I'd come home. So Rick wasn't ready to go back. So I asked if they'd do a home Bible study. And they said, sure, if your husband's agreeable. And Rick said, sure. And so we both ended up being baptized on the same day in, in May of 1985. Wow. So, So, yeah. And then that I I had been writing for a number of years. I couldn't write anymore. It was like God saying, you know, you have turned writing into an idol and you don't even know me yet. So as I was reading the Bible and getting to know him and just falling in love with him, I didn't care if I ever wrote again. And then as God would have it, we did the minor prophets and came to the book of Hosea and it just broke me open. It was like God loves me that much. And I felt like he just kind of opened the door and said, this is the love story I want you to write for the people that you wrote those steamy historical romances. I want you to show them what a real, what real love is, is like. So it's really an allegory. Just Hosea, the book of Hosea is an allegory. And in some respects, so is redeeming love. It's to really show the difference between how God loves us and how the world sees it.
0: I love that. um, Even that in itself um, is a story of redemption, because yeah. as you were um, swept away by this redeeming love of God, he even redeemed your work. And I, I love that that was a process that you share. It was kind of this three years of laying it down, laying down the yeah. idol, and then God saying like, when you finally la- you laid this down, I'm actually going to give you this gift this massive outpouring. And I think that is, um, even that is told in the, in the story, Redeeming Love, where Michael finally, he really lays down. Um, you know, He's been pursuing um, Angel and then he has this kind of moment of sacrificial love. And so I love that that's woven in your own story as
1: well. Yeah. Well, and I thought that really was gonna be the last book I ever wrote. And then I had so many questions, you know, with faith questions, because I was in my late 30s when I became a Christian. And I, it just occurred to me, well, I could take that question to the Lord and I can study scripture. And then it just seemed natural to just create characters that play out all the different points of view. But there's one struggling Christian trying to find God's perspective and his answers. So that's where, you know, most of the other books have come from like a voice in the wind. How do you share your faith with unsaved family and friends that don't want, they don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to read a Bible. And what I learned in the process of writing that book is it's really how you live because people watch us all the time and, you know, you live out your faith. And then at the time people eventually ask you, you know, why do you believe the way you believe? And God gives you the words. It's not something you prepare ahead of time. You know, I'm going to have all these Memorized and know exactly what to say. It's he gives us the moment, he gives us the words.
0: Well, my favorite books to read are the ones where someone has lived them out, and mm-hmm. you get that in nonfiction. Um, yeah. but really, this is what makes um, I was saying to somebody, I was like, I'm, I'm really mad at Francine because I didn't sleep for about two nights this week. I was rereading, and it's such a page turner to read um, all of your books. Um, but when they're part, they're coming from this deep place inside of you as well, that God has been speaking to, to you and really transforming you, they play out in these beautiful, like accessible stories. Um, does God give you these books as a download or is it, is it written as you go along?
1: Never a download. Okay. <laughs> Don't yeah. I wish it yeah. was a download? no. No, it's like I call it a quest because I don't have the answer to begin with. And sometimes the answer doesn't come until late, late in the book. Um, And it's like an epiphany moment where, oh, that's what you're trying to get across to me. And it, it might be very plain to other people, you know, that but to me, it takes a while to get there to try to figure out what is what is God trying to teach me through this project and what's the answer to this question that I've been struggling with in my own life.
0: So how do you know if something is just a, a struggle or a process or it's a book? Like, how do you know I'm going to dive in as a book?
1: Well, there's a question and it just won't go away. And there will be a couple of characters that'll be in my head and they will start hammering to each other. <laughs> it won't be quiet. That's when I know that it's, that's what I'm supposed to work on.
0: And then Um, start to finish. What, how long does that take you when you actually sit down and start writing up this uh, next book?
1: It's usually, it's usually a full year and it's taking longer now. I think as, uh, as things change, my husband has Parkinson's. So You know, right now I'm not writing. I have a book coming out in February that I wrote through COVID. Call it my COVID book because it's got some humor in it. We need humor. Oh, we need to laugh right now. (laughs) But, um, you know, I'm not sure what God's going to have me write next or if he is going to have me write because it's, you know, we're always, Christians don't end their career. They just end up changing course of what God wants them to do. You have to wait for his direction. Right now, I don't have a book in mind um
0: how has how has god redeemed parts of your story
1: oh my i think he uh, redeems well uh, as an example the atonement child i had an abortion during my college years and i dealt with the aftermath of that for the longest time i mean we we lost uh three babies i lost a baby had our son lost a baby had our daughter lost a baby had our our youngest son and it was something that constantly came up for me and I would talk to God and say I know you've forgiven me for this but why do I still feel this just wrenching pain and felt okay I need to I need to ask in a story and every person every character in the book is impacted by abortion but the main character is a rape victim who uh, is struggling. She's pregnant and all the forces that come against her to, to abort the child. And uh, that book, I was in a post-abortion class and people were around me praying and I received more healing in the process of writing that book than any other way I could have. Wow! Um, so it's like, God uh, thinks even the worst things that we've done or the worst things we've experienced And he can turn them for his good purpose, because that book, I got letters from many women and some men, you know, that were dealing with the same issue. And they could see that, you know, God forgives. We don't forgive ourselves and we have to lay it down. It's almost as though we're saying, well, you know, God, maybe God can forgive me, but it's unforgivable. It's like not trusting in his forgiveness and his healing process to experience that that and to speak out, you know, to speak out for others' sake.
0: What would you say to, to the person who feels like, but I'm too far gone? Like you don't actually know the thoughts I've had, the experience I've gone through. What would you say to the person who feels like redeeming love is great for all of them, but but it I am too far gone? What would you say to that person?
1: I would say run to the scriptures and read how God defines you. Because you know, I, to not believe that they could be, ever be redeemed is a lie from Satan. Uh, there is there is no unforgivable sin in the Bible except rejecting the Holy Spirit. You know, rejecting faith in Christ because He forgives us of everything. And and when we come to Christ, the thing is, we're, we're still we're still sin have that sin nature, so we're in that spiritual battle our whole temporal lives until we're. But, it, you know, to to not listen to the definitions of yourself or other people, but to listen to how God defines us and how he loves us. And there's scriptures, dozens of scriptures that tell people how much he loves them and has Mm -hmm. a plan for their lives. And they're uniquely made. You know, he's known us since before we were even in the womb and we're precious in his sight, you know, and, and fix your mind on that. You know, don't allow your mind to go slip back into old thinking. Fix your mind on the new creation Christ has made you.
0: So good. Um, you mentioned before that we need to laugh in this yes. season. Um, and it has, been, it has been a hard and wearying season for everyone. Um, why is it so important that this film this story of Redeeming Love be released right now? Why does the world need this message right now?
1: Well, you know, I can't really answer that because there have been so many tries before to make this into a film. And I just, I just believe it's God's timing. You know, God knows what the right time is. And this apparently is it. <laughs> so I'm just thankful that it's going to be out. And I hope, that people, I hope that people watch it and they walk out of the theater and they know that they're loved or that they crave a love like they've seen between Michael and Angel, because it's really a reflection of how God loves us. It's like he's never going to let us go. And he pursues us. and But he waits for us to make the decision. We have to make that decision.
0: Um, you mentioned that there have been some delays and trials. Obviously, COVID played yeah. um, a big role in that. I heard that you... Um, wrapped up filming the day before everything locked
1: down. Yes. Which is quite 24 a 24 hours ahead. 24 I mean, uh, we didn't know, you know, we Rick and I were there for three weeks and were able to see some of the filming and see the sets and see the costuming, and meet the actors and the crew, which was really exciting. Um, uh, but we were we were out of country and, and home. And then we heard that, you know, COVID hit, but then we heard. Everything was done, it was in the can, so to speak. All of the filming was finished 24 hours ahead of that. And I, I just feel like that's thats God's hand on it. And they were able to finish all the rest of the things, the editing and putting in the music and all that kind of thing went on for the next year in private, um, private studios. So the film has been ready for quite a while. We're just waiting for the theaters to open. Mm.
0: And so I want to know how you feel because when an author releases a book, it's often talked about like giving birth. And so you have had the opportunity to give birth to this book 30 years ago, really watch it grow up, impact millions of people. I think I could be wrong, but like over 3 million copies uh, sold worldwide. Is that correct?
1: I think that was probably about 10 years ago. Okay.
0: So where, tell me. I have no okay. idea. Um, yeah. So millions and millions of people have been impacted. And now, in a sense, it, it's, it is kind of this giving birth again. How, how do you feel this time around? How do you feel um, sharing this message on a much broader scale?
1: Well, I was, I was able to write the script because the companies that we had dealt with before, the scripts are never right. They never understood Michael and who he was supposed to be. So when I started working with uh, Cindy Bond and Mission Pictures, I wanted to write a script so I could show them what I wanted to see on the screen, not expecting that they would use the script. They said, you know, we'll take this one. And then when DJ Caruso um, became the director super talented director and he knows movies, you know, he restructured and we worked together on um, strengthening certain scenes because you can't have God's voice coming out of midair. People wouldn't understand that in a movie. Uh, And he added a few things in there. He there's a dog in the story and there's some sheep in the story that weren't in the, in the book, but they really add, they add some lighter touches to it. So it was great working with him. I just feel like it was a collaborative effort uh, to put the movie together. But I really had quite a bit of say in it, which was wonderful. I know a lot of um, authors who had their movies made into books and I mean, their books made into movies, but they didn't really have that much say. And then what they see on the screen is so different from their original story. With this, the scenes that people expect to be there are there.
0: That's huge. I imagine that's a huge risk for you when you agreed to kind of step forward in that way.
1: Yeah. Well, we, uh, we made sure in our contract that I had, I had approvals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, the story could have been ruined, could have been used for the wrong purposes. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, I think everybody that's involved in this has We want to make sure that God is glorified in it and it's the right message and that Christ is at the very center of it from beginning to end. And people, people can see that.
0: That's so exciting. Well, I think um, everything I have seen so far, everything I've read, um, I feel like the die hard Redeeming Love fans will not be disappointed because I know that's always, even as a fan, that's Uh a risk to say, do I want to see the film Um, but I'm really excited uh, about this message. Is there anything else you would just say, um, like for the impact you are hoping this is going to have on people who go see the film?
1: Well, I think with fiction and with movies, um, you know, very often they're, they're never meant to replace the real thing, but they're meant to be tools to bridge, get people back into the real thing. So I'm hoping that Christians will bring friends that are unsaved. And it'll open conversation. You can talk about your own testimony and your and what faith is all about. Uh, and movies are good for that.
0: I can already see some post viewing coffee shop times and yeah. book clubs and so many things just this ripple effect um and people sharing their stories of how um, God has redeemed us. And I know in my own story, um, which is why I'm here is that really God brought me up out of the pit and you can't stop talking about it because when you have felt that, um, God's love, his redemption, um, there's nothing like it. So for you now having been a Christian some 35 years later, how do you still feel God's redeeming love today?
1: Well, he's continually teaching me new lessons every day. Uh, I think you become more aware of sin in your life, uh, which is a double-edged sword, you know, but he's also he's also transforming us. I mean, he starts the transformation when we surrender to him. And to know that someday I'm just going to be in his presence is, I'm getting older and I can hardly, I can hardly wait. That sounds kind of odd, but it's like. The longer you live, the older you get, the closer you get to being with the Lord. So,
0: Well, there is not a more beautiful note that we could end on. Thank you so much, Francine, for this beautiful um, life's work. And anyone who is listening, if you have not picked up Redeeming Love, I highly suggest doing that, rallying your friends to get to the premiere of this movie and then check out the rest of Francine's work. It really is um, just a way that God has poured his um, love and really redemption, as she said, in all of the stories, um, drawing you closer to him and really inviting you into that process of transformation. Thank you so much, Francine.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Can I just say thank you for listening This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am going to ask if while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right. And I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something. But when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.